Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, guys, what's going on? Week, first, first, first week of Discord draft review. There's a ton, a ton of submissions. So thank you guys for, for posting those. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited. You know, I do so many drafts and we, and like we're constantly talking in Discord or talking on Twitter or, you know, I'm doing different shows with different people and we're talking about strategies. We're talking about all this different stuff and seeing how other people are implementing maybe whether it be different strategies than I have um, different strategies than, than other people have, right? Like there's, if you go to the discord and see what was being posted in there, all these different, different drafts, like they're all unique, you know, and we all come about this game from a different lens. And I actually think it's like really, it's helpful for me to being selfish doing this and seeing all you guys drafts and how you're kind of implementing different things, how you're viewing, um, you know, the player pool, how you're viewing the correlations and the structures and all this different stuff. Right. Um, it's cool and interesting. And I think seeing like it more than just talk, like it's really, really, really beneficial to me to like talk through these things in discord, right. I'm in there all day. Some of you guys are in there uh, a bunch throughout the day talking about the different strategies you know, asking questions about specific players or like, hey, so-and-so is available here. What should I do? That's like awesome. Um, but like actually seeing how other people put it into practice is really cool. And I think um, gets you, gets like the brain flowing a little bit. I know like looking at some of you guys' drafts, um, looking at stuff other people post post on Twitter, 
it it pushes you to think a little bit a bit little bit differently whether you like agreed with what that person did or not right like i'm constantly kind of providing feedback on should you go three QB in this team or should you take that extra stacking person or whatever, but seeing how other people are doing it, um, especially like everybody that's in this, you know, community, at least like has a relative idea of, of what they're, of what they're doing. Um, and so seeing how other people are doing that, I think is actually really helpful. So I'm excited to start this and kind of hopefully be able to get through all of these. I imagine that it's going to send me down into uh, some sort of, you know, rambling, some ranting that always that always tends to happen, um, but let's just go. Let's just go ahead and get started. So I, I'm literally just going to pull these up, kind of zoom in, and start talking about a little bit of uh, of what we're doing. So if you're you know if you're here and I start to pull up your screenshot, you want to fire away questions, please by by all means. So As Cole, I think Andy is that your name? Andy Cole po posted our very first one. Let's see if I can. Zoom a little bit so we can so we can see. Oh, this is the second, of course. Um, let's let's go to first, and this is a little bit of a pain, but that's okay. So, first team two five ten three, which is actually a really fun structure on DraftKings. I like that there's DraftKings drafts in here too to see so we can talk through kind of a lot of like structural differences. Like they're, they're really huge. I talked about it with Davis. If you listen to Davis and I's um, sports grid spike week crossover pod last Thursday, we actually talked about like, I, I'm not certain that people think enough about just how crazily different those extra two picks make things. Um, you know, we've talked about in the discord a lot already, the differences uh, between, you know, the um, sharpness of DraftKings compared to compared to underdog, but also those extra two picks, I think people probably screw up a lot too. And so I've seen a lot of you guys posting like really smart teams with those those two extra picks. And I think the two five ten, the two five ten two, or two five ten three, is a really good way to go about um, like what you see here, a hero. You know, Zeke, Zeke, Hero RB, Anchor RB, Single Elite, whatever you want to call it. You get your Zeke. And so now I have Zeke is my legendary, my my anchor back that's just riding me in the RB1 spot. And then I'm taking four more shots at that RB2 spot with some different upside guys, combination of upside guys. And, you know, I don't even want to say floor backs because pass catching backs aren't necessarily floor backs, but guys I know are going to be accumulating some points, right? And we'll see that a little bit down this team. So anyway, Russ to Lockett stack, definitely like that. Like I said, Zeke Anchor is is a, a fine start. You know, you're not going to hear me saying anything negative about AJ Dillon. I also think AJ Dillon fits every structure, but he's really powerful in this in this this structure. And I think the backs that you took here is a really nice combination of backs for this structure of team. You know, so you get, you get nuke in the second, you get um, a Rob Lockett stacked up, you get your single, single elite tight end. So um, we'll get down to the, the other tight ends and maybe talk about whether you might even be able to go two or three, but again, having the flexibility with that, the, the 20 rounds 
to take a third tight end, even with Mark Andrews, I think is okay. Um, Chase, love Chase. Chark, Chark is really interesting because uh, I'm actually currently writing up the top stacks that I'm posting on the website in the guide section. Um, and the Jaguars are going to be one of them. But Chark has been a guy that I've been mostly out on. I've been taking, obviously, a lot of Visca and um, a fair bit of Marvin Jones. And, you know, Colin Johnson's one of, if not my favorite, like, you know, last round wide receiver flyer. Um, so I haven't been taking a lot of Chark, but he's really starting to fall. And so I think that that's going to start changing a little bit as Visca continues to rise. And I think Marvin's probably going to rise a little bit with, you know, he's getting touted and stuff. And we're already starting to see Chark fall. I mean, you see him here, uh, ADP, you know, almost to 92 already. Like he's going to, him and Marvin might even like flip in which case then I do want to start taking some Chark. So totally like the Chark shot um, here. Corey Davis, definitely like, definitely like Corey Davis. Um, and then Moss and Hines are awesome fits. Awesome fits in a structure. So let's pull up the rest of the team really quick. Sterling Shepard, keep firing shots on goal at wide receiver. Everett. So here's where a tight end. If I have Andrews and Everett, you know I love Mo Ali Cox. You took Mo Ali Cox as your third, as your third tight end. I would probably stop, but you know, I can't. I would probably take one more shot at running back or wide receiver if I have Everett and uh, Mark Andrews. Are they the same buy? Is that maybe why? No, not the same buy. Um, so that would be my that would be my only, and I don't think it's like a a black or white thing. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver or a running back there. But I think I would rather take a shot on goal at one of those at one of those spots. You take Wentz and you have Hines. Oh, okay. So you're kind of stacking up the Colts there. I get that. I get that. Um, and I think the late round quarterback paired with Russ is really nice. This is a really nice team. The other thing about doing this and going over some of these teams is <laughs> a lot of people don't like to post their bad teams, right? Or the teams they made a mistake. So you're getting to see some of the other people's like good teams. Like this is a very good team. And you start to see like just how hard it is going to be to win this thing because we're going to, we're going to go through like 20 teams today and they're like probably all going to be really good. <laughs> and so you're like, you know, uh, it's yeah, this is, this is kind of how, how I feel, but I also don't think it's, like I said, it's not it's not black or white. Um, just because I, I also think Andrews on PPR specifically um, is a little bit fringier of like the bankable elite tight end. And maybe I'm it's it, it's certainly possible I'm wrong. You're definitely spending the draft capital on him to be elite. So I think I would lean towards the the two tight end and taking that other shot. But also Andrews is you know kind of an efficiency player that doesn't benefit quite as much from full point from full point PPR. So if you get late and you know, like you are building out a, a Colt stack, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. All right. Let's see what we got next. Good Lord. Puppy two had to submit a bizarre team. Let's see if you guys can see this. Let's zoom in a little. Herbert and fields. Okay, Herbert Herbert sliding has has been has been kind of nice. Fields at pick one forty nine is nice. I'm certainly not going to. Uh, this is also true. Doubling back to the Andrews thing, <laughs> I agree. I agree. He might be a volume guy now if they're trotting out Tylen Wallace and Devin Duvernay at, at wide receiver because nobody else can stay can stay healthy. 
Um, all right, so zero RB team. Zero RB team with really sick value on Herbert and Fields. You got the Fields to A-Rob stack, Herbert to Mike Mike Williams stack, and you, you, ta- you got Mooney and Tyron Johnson. So double stacks for both of those guys is really nice. That's one tight end. Uh, I didn't even notice that at at first with the the single Kelsey. I still I go back and forth on that. I have a couple. I've done a couple just because I think I want to have it in my I think I want to have it in my portfolio. Some of you guys are a little more bullish. You know, I've seen some of you guys posting some of these in chat um, are a little more bullish on the, uh, the the single Kelsey. But I get it. I mean, I I, I really I really do do get it. Like you know, I'm like on some of my a lot of my Kelsey teams. You know, I have this late. It, you know, you're taking late round darts on a tight end. It's like, how many points are you really giving up? Um, so I get it. I get that. And then what that allowed you to do is, you know, you're full blown zero RB and you just got tons of volume thrown at this, at the running back position, right? You need some kind of Moss Pollard, Madison, Darrington breakout. And you mixed it, mixed in Drake, McKissick, Geo, you know, and Moss obviously has a Hurley, has an has an early uh, early role too, and it's kind of fun. I kind this is a kind of fun build. You got the two double stacks right with two quarterbacks we like. You used that that Kelsey thing to do something pretty unique with a zero RB structure. You tons of firepower at at wide receiver from from DK on down to Mooney. It's a fun team. It's a fun team. I like I like taking different angles to something like this. Getting Cal, a Kelsey. That's it's a really interesting structure. Kelsey zero RB and oh and and don't draft an, another tight end because you obviously are getting the benefits of that zero RB thing with another run. Right, you got to throw on Darrington or Geo or something like that. Um, yeah, this you know zero RB with a single tight end. I think makes. It does. It makes more sense than than like any sort of balanced structure. Even even makes more sense than like um, hyper fragile, like going you know robust running back having having the extra sh- like certainly you would like to have the extra shot at wide receiver, but that late wide receiver um, like Leonius kind of uh, talked me into us. It's been a few weeks, but you know Cole Komet isn't really that different of a bet from Tyron Johnson. Right. And they're not quite the same ADP, but you get the point like a 15th round tight end, 16th round tight end is really not that different of flex viability compared to to those uh, wide receivers. And so when you have running back taken care of in a robust structure, it it plays itself a little bit more to taking that second tight end and not giving up those those points there. But anyway, this is a I like this. This was a fun. This was a really fun submission of a team. I don't know what has happened with my screen here. Um, all right. Let's, what do we, that was, yeah, that was Frank Frank. That's an original name, Frank. Yes. Win the flex. It, it, because if you win the flex, that automatically means you're winning other positions because in order to win the flex you have to have to win other positions right typically wide receiver 
Um, but also the like hyper fragile is like winning the flex with a third running back while and then using the volume to still win, right? It, the, the premise of winning the flex is like, isn't even really necessarily about the flex. It's about the fact that in order to win the flex, you have to win a requisite number of other positions. And so you're just stacking wins and you're stacking up point advantages um, across your team. So all these different strategies are actually really basically around winning the winning the flex, but doing it in different ways, right? I want to draft as few running backs as possible. Um, and then those, you know, my, I have early ones. And so they're, they're also flex viable and they're taking care of my wider or my running back one and my running back two spot. And now I can still win, like say, I'm probably going to lose wide receiver three maybe, but I'm, I'm going to win wide receiver one and wide receiver two through quantity, you know? And then obviously, you know, zero RB is basically that, but the opposite. Um, yeah, exactly. All right, let's pull up Chris C. Chris C. Burrow and Tua. Also, another spoiler, I was, uh, like I said, I was writing the, the stacks piece right before this. I'm almost done. And the Dolphins, the Dolphins have emerged as one of the as one of the top stacks. So I'll probably like this team if it's a two a stack joe burrow burrow falling is kind of crazy we've certainly and like you could also make a case that like and i kind of do i kind of like lawrence lance better than burrow or at least sit like we can have a conversation about it so we, you could argue that maybe burrow was just going a little bit too high before but it the, the fall has been pretty huge when in reality, I don't think anything has changed. And like, you could make a case that like the way that, you know, he's pushing himself, like we knew he wasn't going to be healthy, like fully healthy right away, the way that he's pushing himself, the team's pushing him, whatever. Like, so what that they look, don't look amazing to start the year. I think you could argue that that's expected and maybe even good. Um, so Burrow, Burrow, I like definitely doubt. I love these, these types of, of hyper fragile teams. So this is where um, this is where I've kind of been pushing in terms of the hyper fragile structure, like all, all, all summer, which is where I think I differed a little bit from, from the market. Now, some of you guys are, you know, even sharper than me. So you, you've probably been even doing this better, better than I have. Um, but like in the puppy, right. Henderson was still a nice, the puppy two and three Henderson was still a really nice, nice pick. And, you know, I've been, I've got Henderson almost to my, you know, he's closing in on Darrington in terms of my ownership because uh, I was taking him so much in like the puppy too. And you can use like edges like that, like Henderson. So you get the Dalvin thing, right? Dalvin or CMC. Now you can use that Henderson falls to you. Um, and you get to, you get to use him now as the basis to this hyper fragile team. You're counting on Henderson being a smash. You're counting on Dalvin being a smash. And now let's mix in like, right. Dylan's like the upside bet, but also has a little bit of standalone value. Like you might use his weeks here and there, right. Pollard is mostly just an upside bet, but mixing those archetypes is so, I mean, it's, I, I absolutely love it. Right. You get your two, two anchor backs and then you get this combination that Dylan provides. That's just perfect for this structure. And then you also get the upside bet of of pollard which allows you i assume you went yeah two four ten two right so you get all the benefits of the hyper fragile thing 
all the upside of like, you know, zero hero RB basically with the Dylan and Pollard types. And you get the benefits of the hyper fragile thing with, with wide receivers. It's like, you know, you're able to have your cake and eat it too. I love this. I love this structure. CD. Yeah. I mean, Higgins. So the Burrow Higgins Boyd. that's a fun, that's a fun stack. You have Tua Waddle. Yeah. Tua Waddle is uh, a fun one. DPJ print a bunch and, and taking the right types of guys as the draft went on. It's perfect. Even where, where do I got to go to get in these rooms where like Waddle goes past ADP and like, you know, how do I find somebody was talking about Lance going at like, you know, pick 175 on DraftKings. Also, uh, Paul made it. I think Paul, is that your name, Paul? I, your I was inverted, and that's how I always re, read your name, which is hilarious. Um, but you're 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 stacking up the right the right kind of bets here, scooping up ADP value where where it comes, while also combining it with the right kind of archetype players. Obviously, Kittle is a smash that allows you to go to two tight ends. I mean, beautiful, beautiful. Keep on moving down the list. Hendo 6RB. Holy, pick 150 for Lawrence. How did you swing that one? That is crazy. I love Lawrence. I'm, I I was so heavy on Trey Lance early that I have I had a little more, less Lawrence probably than I necessarily wanted. And so I've just been smashing Lawrence teams. Um for a little while and i mean doesn't get much better than kyler lawrence kyler lawrence pairings with the kyler kyler nuke aj green stack and this is one of the older aj green teams before he's now going in like the 12th round so you get the double kyler stack even get a little amari bring back uh for week 17 get your lawrence to yeah, Lawrence to Marvin. Again, the right right types of, of wide receivers here. I'm curious what you guys think about six running backs versus five running backs in this in this structure. Um, because I have counted typically Henderson when I take Henderson in a structure like this as like as like an anchor and an anchor I am in in an anchor draft especially an underdog I'm really trying to stick to five because like I want Henderson I, I made my bet on Henderson I know Henderson doesn't go in like the top two or three rounds but that's kind of how I've treated him like maximizing him in this structure and then especially when you have Sermon too and even honestly Rojo so like Henderson Sermon Rojo Gus those are all like you're gonna get good weeks out of all those guys from the jump. Yeah, I would have skipped Lindsay. I agree, Harbs. I think I think I would have skipped Lindsay. I actually, and I definitely think I would have skipped Lindsay as opposed to skipping P Ryan because I think P Ryan is like, you know, the scratch off ticket, right? Probably not gonna have much of a role early on, but as a you attach him to this to those top four guys that you have, and he's the right kind of like I don't need P Ryan's weeks. Not when you have those four guys. You don't need P Ryan, but you know he's the Joe Mixon goes down. Uh, I have a I have another you know I have another Rojo Trey Sermon esque back 
if if Joe Mixon goes down. So I would probably skip Lindsey and take one more one more wide receiver. But it's this is a really good way to put to use whether we agree or disagree on like the Lindsey thing and that fifth or sixth running back or five or six running backs. Like this is again, this is how you put to use Kelsey. And then you know you sometimes like this is why we play this game. Like sometimes you get this gift of Lawrence, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you, sometimes Lawrence falls into your lap or, I mean, Rojo, you know, 15 picks after ADP Gus, right? You, you played the room smart, you know, you got nuke past ADP, which doesn't even always happen. Right. But you just kept hammer and wide receiver. Really good team. All right. I think I scrolled down. Yep. First of many puppy three. Okay, now we got a CMC team. Everybody's got, always got always wants to submit like their CMC and Dalvin teams because they're uh, they look so pretty. <laughs> Lance Lawrence CMC Dylan. Okay, sold. Looks good. No two five two five nine two is probably like I think if I was building the optimal tournament structure, it's probably that. So that looks good. You know, I love Lance. Actually, getting Lance at pick 120 is nice. Double dip in Lance and Lawrence. And you have Kittle, beautiful. You have Visca and Chark, beautiful. Again, I, you know, my personal take is Chark there. Um, isn't really what I want want to be doing, but I but I get it. You know, yep, just keep hammering Keenan Higgins. You know, Thielen, I'm a little lower on Thielen than market, but like he's in that t- he's in that tier where he goes. So no, no issues there. Pittman, you know, I like Pittman. And then what out? So uh, he ran bad on Anthony Miller in the last round. I was liking, I was liking Anthony Miller. Um, for me, the archetype of guy I would take late. I typically, I'm not really taking a lot of, Tyrell Zacchaeus is so so for me. What the structures that I like, guys like Tyrell and Zacchaeus are a little bit more like robust RB, where you know you certainly need to hit some home runs at, at wide receiver too. But like Tyrell, and well, we assume Zacchaeus is going to play, but Tyrell's definitely going to be on the field, you know. So you just hope to luck into some usable weeks, but like. Tyrell is never going to be, you know, Chase Claypool of last year, in my opinion. Tyrell's never going to be T. Higgins of last year, and Zacchaeus isn't either, honestly. It's certainly it's certainly possible I'm wrong about that, but I, I feel pretty confident in saying those guys are not going to be the late-round league winners, but they have a role early that can help get you. You know, it's just like taking James White, like in 0RB. It's like James White isn't the, isn't the the James Robinson of last year, but he helps get you to where you need to go. And then you mix and match around that. When you've taken Keenan, T. Higgins, Thielen, Chark, Fiska, Pittman, when you've taken all those guys that like, I want to like do the same thing I do at running back when I don't need, when I don't need those quote unquote usable weeks. I want to take a little bit more of a flyer type, right? Deami Brown, Nico Collins, KJ Hamler, Um, we can't even like, we can't even be certain that those guys aren't just better week to week floor bets. Sorry, I'm freezing up a little bit. We aren't, we can't even be certain that those guys aren't 
better like week to week floor bets than um you know Tyrell or Zacchaeus, whatever. Trying to get my uh here, let me let me see if I can uh share and get my see what we got here real quick. Answer a couple of questions while I'm getting that. Good question. So here's what I'll say about structures, period, across the board is like there is no totally perfect structure. Like even I said like 2592 is like my general preference for like what I think would be would be optimal. But it also it totally depends on what your draft is doing. You know, 2592, I don't think is is optimal probably for zero RB. You know, if, if I if my first running back is Rojo, <laughs> I don't really only want five five running backs. Also, if like my first tight end is, you know, I like to push the limits on two tight end a little bit more than the average person does. But if my first tight end is Ferkser, I probably don't want two. I need another shot on there. So the structure definitely has more to do with exactly how your draft plays out. Same thing with DraftKings. I'm very open to like punting off tight end on DraftKings. Um, take, give me Cole Komet and give me Gerald Everett and then give me Donald Parham or Mo Ali Cox or OJ Howard or something like that or Zach Ertz. <laughs> give me these, these guys like all paired up together if the draft doesn't break for me to get Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Pitts, Hawkinson, Andrews, whatever. Um, so the structure is dependent upon your draft room for me. If it were like, like if I'm building my, my dream draft, if I'm totally building my dream draft, it's going to be, sorry, I'm trying to save some of these so I can, uh, share them without lagging out here. If I'm building my dream structure, it's definitely two quarterbacks and two tight ends probably five running backs so what's that two five eleven yeah two five eleven two would probably be my uh op, you know quote unquote optimal structure maybe six running backs if i were to go like hero right give me give me antonio gibson and then let's punt it off down to aj Dillon and tony pollard and stuff like that then i might have six six running backs yeah like, and that's the thing. The other, I've been experimenting more with, please allow me to stay in the wide receiver club. I've been experimenting a little more with uh, uh, robust running back on DraftKings <clears throat> because nobody does it, first of all. The robust, hyper fragile structures are, so I shouldn't say nobody does robust. Nobody does hyper fragile. Nobody takes Zeke. Gretchen and I did it the other day on the show. It takes Zeke, uh, Gibson, Swift, and then only takes Darrington Evans as your fourth running back, and then you have 12 wide receivers, right? Like it's a it's a thing that we are have kind of become comfortable doing on underdog that a lot of people aren't doing on DraftKings because they'll still take too many running backs because of the, the 20 roster spot thing. All right, let's try to pull up some of these drafts again. Sorry for the uh, 
delays. Just drafted this one in the DK Millie. Trey Lance, you know me, Tony Pollard, love it, Dalvin Cook, CD. Okay, I love all these players. Love two again, two, six, ten, two. We like that. We like that uh structure. Excuse me. I'm trying to pull up the rest to see. So it's an interesting thing with Lance, with with naked Lance. Um I go a little bit back and forth. I I I think having some naked Lance, especially on underdog, really does make some make some sense. I do struggle with it a little bit more on on DraftKings just because of like their scoring, um, you know, full full point PPR. Like it's going to be hard for Lance to be the winner. I think without still exhibiting some passing, some passing upside, um, which could mean, you know, really big, big uh, Debo weeks or Ayuk weeks or Kittle or Kittle weeks. If Lance is, is even if Lance is, you know, having the, the huge, the huge rushing season. So I go back and forth a little bit. Let me, let me pull back up the first one. I'm not a Derek Carr guy, so I'm going to keep my negative comments about Derek Carr to myself, but you do have the car Waller stack, which definitely, which definitely makes sense. I think if you're going to build a um, naked, naked Trey Lance team, I really, I really like this hero running back. You smashed a lot of really strong wide receivers. You got the elite tight end. You only took two, you only took two tight ends. Um, and you got the double stack with, uh, with car too. And I mean, like I'm not really on Carr. I will say Carr on DraftKings, where he can, you know, if 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 everything were to break right for Derek Carr, you know, you're needing a lot of elevated passing volume. In which case, that 300 yard bonus is going to be really huge for him because you know he's not going to run. He's probably not even going to throw that many touchdowns. But you need that 300 yard bonus. So I think he makes a little more sense here in that in this, you know, where you you took Darren Waller and now you like now I got Hunter Renfro too, right? You're you're kind of stacking up those bets. So you did a really good job. Even when this happens to you, right? You had the two of stacks set up. It was going to be beautiful. This team was going to be absolutely beautiful. And then this happens <laughs> on DraftKings all the time, all the time. Oh my God. It happens to me all the time. This is why I have so much Darnold. I have so much Darnold and Zach Wilson on DraftKings because I like to, I try to push it with my quarterbacks. And the next thing you know, it's the, 13th round and the best quarterback left is Daniel Jones or whatever. Like DraftKings is just absolutely ridiculous with their quarterbacks. And then sometimes like somebody posted in discord earlier, they're like, Oh yeah, Trey Lance just went at pick 175. I'm like, on what planet is Trey Lance going one pick 175? You know, sometimes yeah, the QB thirst happens here. You can't even get to a near his cost. And then other times these guys are falling to the 16th round. Like it doesn't make it. It, it it doesn't doesn't make any sense. Oh no, Pat Pat tagged me in a tweet. Let me pull that up really quick. Oh okay, hold on. Oh baby. All right, I'm gonna try to keep it together on stream. I just want I just want it to be known that it's not gonna be that easy for me to keep it together. And we're derailing the Discord draft review because JP Finley just said he talked to Kyle Allen 
quarterback for the Washington football team, and said, Washington is trying to push Antonio Gibson into a similar role as Christian McCaffrey played in Carolina. That's a big role. You're damn right, JP. That's a big role. I'm going to try to sneak my pants off underneath here so no, no one can see it because I'm very excited right now. All the haters can suck it. Did you guys know Antonio Gibson didn't play uh, on a third down uh, in the first preseason game? Bust. Bust. Sorry. That was thank you, Harps, for mentioning that. That was uh, that was a notable, uh, very very notable news break. There, I feel like. Good on you, Nick. I have uh, I've gotten my uh, Gibson up, but um, like he, I you know I can't get enough of any of the super early round guys. So like I have a ton of Darrington. Um, like a ton of Henderson, a ton of some of these late round guys, Damian, whatever. But uh, yeah, I would feel now I'm the guy that's been saying like, oh, don't overreact to what we hear in the preseason. Don't overreact to all that. But I do, I do, I will say to be serious for a second, like the concern has always been for people like we need to see him grow into this role. We need to see this, that, the other. And then the preseason thing, the first preseason game happened. And like I was kind of downplaying it, but I also get the perspective of Gibson not playing. Like, like we were we were hoping to see, like, like just give me one. <laughs> give me one third down. You know what I mean? So that didn't happen. So I get people being like, ah, do I still want to keep taking him where, where he's going? I get that. But now we're stacking some of these things. Yeah, it's definitely definitely confirmation bias we're, we're just have i mean at the end of the day we're also having fun right it's fun but we also are stacking some other things that do support like if they're they said he was playing in some some two minute drill stuff right and some some hurry up offense stuff recently that's huge that's more huge that that's bigger than playing on third downs give me the two minute drill dude that's that can be like like you know how many catches cmc gets in the two minute drill like a ton. Give me that. I don't care about the third downs. You know, and now you see them talking about this CMC role. So it's good. All right. Sorry. Sorry for, for derailing. Good question. Uh, no, I, I have not. I think I accidentally took um, Kelsey Kittle once. The issue is just that those guys – go where they go because of the advantage they provide you over other tight ends. It's not the advantage they provide you over other flexes. And so like in like, I think in like maybe, you know, leagues, six mans, three mans, I'm not a like three man or a six man expert. So you have to talk to people that are better at it than me, but like, you know, bull, the, they would call it like a bully tight end approach where you do this can be really, really successful because you gain at such an advantage over your competition at, at, at tight end. Um, but I don't think we want to be doing it in these tournaments in these, in these tournaments. Yeah. So as Trey says only in a three man, I would definitely do it in a three man, but I would not be doing it in these, these large field tournaments. Um, all right. Let's Berto. 
I don't know if you're here, Berto, but let's take a look. Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson. I'm trying to zoom a little more. That's all it's letting me do. There we go. Joe Burrow. You know, I'm. We talked about Burrow. So you got Burrow to Higgins and Chase. I really like the Higgins and Higgins and Chase thing. It also works out. You have Dalvin, obviously. So you're at that turn. Sometimes I got one this morning on a CMC team that uh, Higgins Chase at the at the that turn there four or five turn is really nice and it doesn't happen very often. So it's really nice when that happens on these Dalvin CMC teams. So that's beautiful, perfectly structured, both you know. Um, quantity and archetype of running backs it's kind of like that you know just sub in we saw the aj Dillon dalvin team i think it was um you sub in mostert and you got mostert at a nice cost you know you get pollard around adp you tag on uh tack on penny and darrington beautiful get your get your burrow double stack with i assume nine wide receivers yep nine nine wide receivers with zach wilson zach wilson to Corey davis love it Single elite Kittle tight end with Ingram. Beautiful. Again, the only thing I would say in terms of the Zacchaeus, the Zacchaeus thing is I personally would prefer a guy. And like I said, I could also be wrong on Zacchaeus. It's just my opinion on him as an archetype of a player. I would prefer, you know, give me one of these rookies, even if they're like a lot thinner in terms of what their kind of median outcome is. Give me one of these even like Quez Watkins. I know this was probably earlier before we were, we thought it made sense to draft Quez Watkins, but you know, give me one of these guys that could be a top 25 wide receiver, you know, if all things break equal, even though the, you know, the floor of playing time and targets and stuff might be lower than Zacchaeus. That's just like the one archetype, but I mean, I love all like, this is beautiful. I love the rest of this. That was Berto. Puppy draft. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold. See, this is where I, I probably differ a little bit. I like to push the limits on my Lance teams. Um, you got it, brother. I like to push the limits on my Lance teams. And I probably wouldn't even take three here. However, three quarterbacks. However... What I love is you got real fun with this team. I really like some three RB teams and you got bigger cojones than I do even with the three RB with AJ Dillon as your third. And it's kind of interesting. Like you want to talk about fragile, right? You're literally taking Zeke and CEH's score every week. And, but Dillon is also usable. You know what I mean? We all believe that Dillon's going to have a role and so, like, this is really interesting. Like, you want to talk about fragile, but that 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 can make a lot of sense. Like, what's the difference when you have Zeke and Ceh and Dylan between taking Samaje P Ryan or taking the third quarterback? I think it's debatable. I prefer the fourth running back, but I could easily be talked into this. Like, this is really super super interesting. And then it and see it allows you to get you know. You, you, you had to punt. You ended up having to punt tight end, and so now you can still take three. You know, Noah Gray, that's a swing. And you're leveraging. This is like the most gal brain team I've ever seen, and I, I love it. This is, this, is, this is absolutely 
legendary Galbrain. You largely punted quarterback, but with three options, I really like floor and upside. I really like them. Your two, your double, you know, your bet on your double anchors with AJ Dillon as the as the third in a three RB team, which allows you to punt tight end on down to some upside options. And Noah Gray is leverage on Travis Kelsey teams. Right? That's super interesting. And then you you know you stack up your nine, you had eight really loaded wide receivers and then Van and Van Jefferson. Really interesting. Really, really interesting team. Fun structure. I don't know if I'm even going to take it that far, but it's really fun. This is a really fun team. See, this is what we're talking about by seeing these other people's teams. Like I'm seeing stuff that I've never seen before. And now I'm like, hmm, do I need to be building a three running back with, uh, you know, Zach Moss as my third running back and tatch on and tack on Noah Gray. Keep saying tatch. Attach slash tack on Noah Gray. Really, really interesting. All right. DraftKings. The big dog. But again, see you guys, even when I don't love like some of the individual players, you guys are too good at this. Like you're, the structure, 2-5-11-2 with the elite tight end and the elite quarterback and the anchor running back. Like that's this is how you should be structuring this build of a team. It's perfect. Yeah, man. Fun team, by the way. Like, I just want to reiterate that. That's a really cool approach and idea. Thank you for submitting that. Um, all right. So here's one thing that I – some people disagree. I don't want to take Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown together, at least not very often. I, I love A.J. Brown. Love your wide receivers. Not so sure about your running backs. I love A.J. Brown, but the big dog, like what you need from the big dog is the third overall pick or whatever he went in this draft, especially on a PPR site, is just another absolute smash season, right? 2,000 plus yards. And A.J. Brown can still be really good, but as a second round pick, third round pick, you know, at the two, three turn ish. You got good value on him, him or Waller, one of the two, you got good value on in this draft. However, like I still need this guy to be like a borderline league winner. And so I really struggle with that. I don't, I don't want to be, unless like I'm stacking it up, right. Give me a, you know, not necessarily in this team or, or even at these costs in the current ADP, but give me a Mari and CD where I'm stacking up a passing game as opposed to Henry and AJ are so negatively correlated, not even just like running back and wide receiver, but like they're the, the way that they get there, you know, it's kind of like, like Chubb and Odell or whatever. Like they're so wildly different in, in how they get there and the like, um, you know, game flow that they need in order for them to have the big ceiling weeks, which is, you know, like throughout the course of the season, Henry and AJ Brown could be fine together. But like, especially when we get to the playoff weeks, it's like, if, if, if Derrick Henry's doing what you need him to do and AJ Brown's doing what you need him to do, like the Titans better be scoring 50 plus points or something. Um, anyway, awesome structure. Great, 
you know, like all these guys, got the got Hollywood in there with Lamar. Let's check out or how we closed it out. I mean, KJ Hamler, beautiful. Mo Ali Cox, love him as a pairing with a guy like with a guy like Waller. Got the right types of running backs here mixed together: Pollard and Hines and White. Gainwell on RIP. Kenny Gainwell, I'm not sure he's too draftable anymore. But I mean, we didn't know before. But like, yeah, this is this was a at least like a week ago or so because I see Rondale's ADP here where Rondale's back up into the 130s now. We've all ruined Rondale on on DraftKings, but pretty good team. Only one minor uh, minor criticism, and love the backdoor cold stack. Would love to hear your thoughts about the. Oh man, I haven't. I saw. I saw. I think maybe two, two teams that had this double 49er running back thing, and I personally don't love it. Um, I I actually think you can take two running backs on the same team when the when a. So the 49ers are an example of this, where the, the backfield is really valuable. We know that. But I wouldn't take it when you have to spend a seventh and an eighth round pick to do it. Basically. That's the big thing. Because we want, you know, this is this is typically not the right way to think about this, but we want our picks to, you know, exceed where we're getting them at. Which is not like I said. I actually don't really love this way of thinking about it, but a simplistic approach. Like I want Trey Sermon to be closer to this league winner type, and I and I want, you know, and Raheem Mostert has nearly the same cost, so he has to do largely the same the same thing. And when only one of them can be on the field at a time, right? Only one of them can can. Uh, you know, it's not even like a passing game where Debo and Ayuk are both out there. Um, I. I just don't see how a seventh and an eighth round pick in the same backfield get there. Like they could ping. I mean, what you're betting on ultimately, right. Is them ping ponging back and forth. Good weeks, both staying healthy and basically being in a committee in a really good backfield. And so I think they can both be like maybe a little bit, a little bit better, but at a seventh and an eighth round cost, I think it's tough. Um, I think you're, you're capping your ceiling at that versus this question. I think this is actually more reasonable. And Davis and I talked about this also um, on our show last week where like nobody is, is handcuffing CMC with Chuba. And we think that it's a bad, you know, it's, we've convinced ourselves that it's a bad pick, but that's been like a long running um, like season long thing and whatever. And I'm still not sold that I would want to do it, especially in 18 rounds. But I could at least be talked into it where like, okay, I CMC is that RB1. What if he misses, I don't know, the first week of the playoffs? And now I have the best team in this whole tournament, but I just happened to lose CMC because he got a concussion and I'm out. If I could drop Chuba's score in there, maybe I could still actually win that first week of the playoffs um, and advance. So anyway, that's a really, you know, hyper-focused example, but I think it's at least worth discussion of like, give me the 17th or 18th round pick in this really high value, high value offense, as opposed to um, kind of like the, the seventh and the eighth round picks, because it's not that like 
the set they can't each of them can't be good it's that like the opportunity cost of okay trade or the, the the probability of them both you know far exceeding their cost is really really low it's possible they both slightly out outperform but even then there might be a, a, a you should have taken someone else at at that range or they just both slightly overperformed and your team just wasn't good enough you know so there's just a lot of negatives to to both of them at at that cost and see yes but then you but 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 you use the seventh and an eighth round pick on it like I have teams, like you're not the, the problem is it, it's not you're not just in a 12 team league. You're in a tournament with 150,000 people in it. So there's every single other league has Trey Sermon and Raheem Mostert drafted in it, right? I have a lot of Mostert and Sermon. I don't have any of them on the same team. So if this example happens that you just said, I have a better team than you. Right? So like draft Sermon once and then the next time draft Mostert and get your exposure to those guys. Just don't do it on the same teams because if one of them fails, I have, you know, if Trey Sermon fails and Mostert is a smash, like I have Visca, Michael Gallup, right? Sometimes Dak is there in the seventh round, right? Like I have those guys in the seventh round and you have a failed pick. Other than that, not trying to be not trying to be uh to, to rain too much on the parade da- you know david montgomery is a guy that uh you know i have made it clear that i don't love but it, but pick 58 is pretty good i think you said this was henderson before before the acres news so that's also certainly makes uh the sermon mostert thing look better when you have when you have henderson at pick 135 <laughs> uh, let's see brady to Evans and Godwin, I'm not. I'm also not very big on Brady, but I can't hate on uh, you know Ev, Evans and Godwin stack. Fields, we got Comet. Nice. See what? But but you know I would. I would not take six running backs here. Kind of the same thing as we talked about with uh, the Lindsey pick. It's funny that they're both Texans. Even even before the um, uh, which one do you call it? Cam Akers thing. I, I would uh, see. I don't think that I don't think that this is true, um, because it there, there there becomes a steeper drop off the further you get into the so like one you know one two three four five six seven eight and then 17, 17 and eighteen there's nothing those most of those guys aren't doing anything for you. Yeah, it's because I'm getting like with a seventh and an eighth round wide receiver a seventh and an eighth round uh other running back right and and again it's 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 a tournament where there's 13,000 leagues in 13,000 of those leagues someone else has so 13,000 Trey Sermons 13,000 Raheem Mostert's almost none of them have them together so the the path that you outlined for being the win for you one fails and one and one succeeds Every, that 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 exists in every other league, except you instantly took a seventh or an eighth round pick and threw them in the trash. Everybody else that has those guys has a seventh or an eighth round pick that could also be a smash, right? And they won't all be, but they're, they, there's 13,000 shots on goal of 
showcase Trey Sermon is the league winner. Now they also have a seventh or an eighth round, you know, an eighth an eighth round pick that they didn't just throw in the trash, right? He's at least usable, or he's a he's a smash. Um, but anyway, the David Johnson thing, I would change David Johnson even be, even before the Acres thing. I would change David Johnson to a wide receiver. Or tight end if you prefer, if if you don't feel comfortable with it. But I like the Logan Thomas and Cole Komet pairing. I like that, and I like these wide receivers. It's a good team. I think we might disagree a little bit, like on the on the 49ers running back thing, and then maybe like the the DJ versus another position thing. But outside of that, I mean, also looks good. You guys also met teams that like <laughs> they all look good. All right, gonna try to gonna try to hit a couple more here in a couple minutes. So I'm gonna try to rapid fire through a couple of these. If I didn't get to it, I will do everything I can to get to it next week. Start. We'll start with the ones we didn't get to next week. So Dak, I love scooping up this Dak. Oh my good lord, Tua pick 176. Wow, um, that's beautiful. Diggs, A.J. Brown, Amari Cooper, D.J. Moore, Chase Claypool, Will Fuller. Oh, and, and you have Fuller for Tua. That's that's nice. And you have Gasecki for Tua. That's nice. And Dak to Amari. Okay. Good team. Good team. I, I, I'm not on the Jake Funk train, but I get it. Very good team. Pick 176. What's going on here? Oh man, I can't do the board. Was that the was that? Oh no, this is all right. Oh, Drew Locke and Cam. Here's a unique one. What do we got? 3582. I like the five running backs. That's a good, good, good structure of running backs, good archetype of running backs. I like it. I like Dobbins uh, and Swift in this in this type of structure, even um, like hyper fragile structures, because you're betting on them probably taking the next step, even if they're not like, you know, even if they don't have Antonio Gibson or CEH or something level upside, you're still betting on them being like relative smashes and you want to use their score. So I like this. This is nice. Cam, the Cam Drew Lock thing is kind of is kind of funny. Got that got locked out of quarterback. I'm I'm sure. Do we have any? Cam just using Cam, I guess, as the, you know, hopeful early season starter running to pair up. And then, you know, maybe Drew Locke is the starter with Judy and Hamler. I kind of like it. It's fun. Oh, and you got Janu. Sorry, I missed I missed Janu. It's fair. It's totally fair. Uh, this is also a fun team. I like these. Like some of you guys even put like I like to push things far, but like the Cam Drew Lock thing is really interesting. Like seeing if you can scrape enough out of some combo of Cam, you know, because Matt Ryan's just like kind of whatever, mostly a floor play. But but you have him obviously with Ridley. Um, seeing if you can scrape enough out of those guys, those two guys is really really interesting. And the you know if Drew Lock starts the Judy Hamler kind of pairing is is. It's fun. This is a fun team also. 
All right, let's hit one. Let's hit one more. So I apologize to anybody that submitted that I did not get through. So next week we'll start boots. We'll start with yours. A puppy three, a puppy three team that you posted here. We'll start with yours next week. I'm trying to keep these to an hour, but that you know, you guys have probably figured out how I ramble and such. All right. Well, this one looks fun already. Lance CMC Henderson, one of my favorite stars. Jesus, AJ Brown and Kittle. So CMC and then AJ Brown Kittle at the turn. AJ Brown at the turn is nice. And then DJ Moore Henderson at the next turn is beautiful. And then Juju Debo and then Waddle Fuller at the next turn. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Then we come back with Pollard. Nice upside bet. Then we come back with Rondale and you finish off the Dolphins stack with Tua or you hit, you, you hit Lance at the at the Pollard turn. Then you come back with Rondale and Tua and you come back with Damian. Um, so I don't know if I would take Darnold, but I get it. You're building out the third stack and this is where the 20 round thing, like it's flexible, right? Because you know, do you need a third quarterback in this team? No, not necessarily. But it's also, you know, you could be, it could be beneficial to have the third stack because you don't have any, like, you know, you didn't spend for Kyler or something like that. And as much as we love Lance, Lance and Tua, there's at least an argument for Darnold, especially when you already have CMC and DJ Moore on the team. So um, the Lance double stack, Tua double stack, Darnold double stack with CMC. With Daryl Henderson, with Tony Pollard upside, Damian Williams upside, Sony Michelle, not so much upside, uh, Parham, Hamler, Diami, Paris Campbell. Good Lord, man. Goodness. See, this is what CMC teams can look like on DraftKings. If you haven't drafted on DraftKings, you're missing out. We can build some monsters. We can build some monsters over there. All right, we're at an hour. Thank you for hanging on. Like I said, Boots, we'll start with you. We'll start with you next week, and I'll try to hammer try to hammer through these. We'll get into a little bit of a, a better groove. Um, if you're hanging out today during the day, I actually don't know. I think it'll be live, but I'm not really sure. Um, I'm going on the NBC Sports Edge show with Pat Corain and John Daigle. I have no idea what we're talking about. Probably Antonio Gibson. That's what we're going to talk about. That's in uh, – an hour and a half or so. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be live, so I might be spoiling it. But um, if you're hanging out, you want to come join that, come join us, get some coffee, get a lunch, get an early cocktail, whatever your floats your, floats your boat. Um, other than that, be hanging out in the Discord. Tomorrow is the first Spike Week happy hour, 5 p.m. Eastern. So we're not going to be going live at 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Uh uh, Eastern time tomorrow is, is, is happy hour. I'll let you guys know in the discord until then I'll catch you guys later. See y'all.